This is Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence. Your 803 tee time every Sunday morning right here on ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. Backspin Golf is brought to you by Clark's Pump and Shop, Lexington Parks and Recreation, Edwin Watts Golf, and Georgetown Advantage Air. Let's join your host, Matthew Lawrence, for Backspin Golf. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Backspin Golf. All I can think about is last Sunday when we did the show, little did we know what this week would bring. Nobody knew. And, of course, uh, news that dwarfed everything else in our world uh, was it's not a merger. Don't say it's a merger. The PGA Tour, Live Golf, and the PIF, that's all I'm going to call it, getting together for a little uh, monolithic company going forward. So this week uh, on my show, I am blessed to talk about this with Bob Harrig, Ryan Ballingy, and mostly talk about it with Beth Ann Nichols, although we will talk some about Rosang and the incredible uh, week that two weeks she had on the LPGA tour. But first, we're going to start with uh, the great Bob Harrig of Sports Illustrated. Good morning, Chris Mascaro. Next on the tee, best golf podcast there is. All right, here we go. Here we go. Yesterday, uh, and in the few days since this happened, of course, the biggest story to a lot of people in any sport, but especially to those of us who uh, talk about golf, cover golf, the biggest story in my lifetime in golf. Uh, And that I have a friend who I consider a dear friend that is one of the great ones in the world of journalism covering golf and this story is I'm incredibly grateful for that and that I get to talk with Bob Harrig about this. Uh, how, what do they say in England? I'm over the moon about that. <laughs> Hello, Bob. <laughs> hey, hey, good morning. How are you? <laughs> um, Thank um, you. Thank you for that, for that intro. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm okay. I don't don't think my colleagues at SI don't think that highly of me. I need to I need to get them to listen to you. Yeah, I you know <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll t- just send me a list of phone numbers and I'll make calls because that's absurd. <laughs> if you know, um, all right. You asked how I am. I'm fine. The question is, how are you? It's like you don't have enough to cover in terms of golf. I want to know where you were. Uh, are you covering the Canadian Open? No, I'm okay. not. Um, I actually, um, you know, I was at the Memorial last week. Right. And uh, I got home. I live in Florida. I got home late uh, uh, Monday night. Yeah. And, you know, this week was going to sort of be about getting ready for the U.S. For the Open. Open. For me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm heading out there Sunday and they, I had some things I've been working on and that I gathered at the memorial and, yeah. you know, just the usual run of the mill things that we do. And, <laughs> you know, just like, just like everybody else in the golf world, 
Tuesday morning. You know, it's one of those where were you? Yeah, that's what moments. I was. That's what I was going to ask you. Where were you? What were you doing when all of a sudden? I'll just tell you, as I've said uh, to many people many times, I was doing my daily show, which begins at 10 a.m. and at 10:10, 10, I got a text from a friend of mine that always kids around with me saying. What do you think of the PGA Tour Live Golf merger? And I texted him a few F-bombs back and told him to leave me alone. (laughs) And then a minute later, we saw that it was true. So what were you doing when you got that news? Listen, truthfully, I was just rubbing the sleep out of my eyes. I mean, I had gotten home really really late. Right. I was just sort of getting, getting going with my day. And somebody texted me. Uh, something about about it, and they said, "Is this true?" And they and it, they didn't they didn't cite anything, but right. like you know, C- CNBC saying right. tour live merger, and I'm like, oh, "No, I wrote back, no way." <laughs> and then within within minutes, I got word from a colleague that Monahan and Yasser uh, Al Rumayan, who's the governor right. of the Public Investment Fund, were together. Just the thought of them sitting next to each other is about enough to knock you off your chair. They right. were together um, on the CNBC set. They had basically, you know, given the story to CNBC and the Financial Times uh, a little bit earlier, before they went on the air to announce this. And you know, the reason I said that about seeing them together is, you know, Monahan has been quite, you know, over the past year. He understandably has fought back against a rival, as you would do. You know, try, mm-hmm. you know, he imposed penalties. He he made it about legacy and you know sticking with the PGA Tour and all that. But he also, and the tour also went down the road of criticizing Live for its funding. Right. You know the the you know the Saudi back and obviously all the negatives associated with Saudi Arabia, which are perfectly fair. Those are perfectly fair arguments to bring up. It's, right. It's, it's it's why many people hate it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like, as I've tried to cover this, I always say to them, I won't argue with you on that. That's, it's a perfectly legitimate reason to not like it. And of if you course. don't like it for that, that's fine. Right. You know, but, but like in terms of the actual golf, I've tried to remain open-minded and fair, you know, 54 holes, whatever, world right. ranking points, all the things that have come along. But then to turn around and after you've criticized them for a year to take their money, you bet that's going to be. Oh yeah, that is going to be incredibly controversial, and you know it. It just there's a thousand questions now unanswered. And here's here's the thing, Bob, about this the the initial thing uh, that got to me that as soon as I saw it was true that made me so angry was the hypocrisy of Jay Monahan and. That of course, that video of him talking about nine eleven immediately is all over Twitter. And then he, when he finally we hear what he had said about, I know I'm going to get called out. People are going to call me a hypocrite, but things change over time. All those reactions and the anger I have about that, and which, by the way, I still have as we speak. Um, but here, let me say this. Here's we heard from Rory, who, by the way, I didn't think I could love Rory McIlroy more than just for his golf and how he's been this last year 
since this all happened. I love him even more now. Uh, to to watch his uh, press conference at the RBC Canadian Open yesterday, I ju- I, I'm in awe of him and how he has handled this whole thing. And I'm trying to now think of this in the way that he does. He, he said, I hate live, but this is a reality. And he talked about that moving forward, how we can think about it. And I, I thought that was just incredible. Yeah, listen, I mean, he took a very pragmatic approach. I mean, the right. tour is going to get hammered for, for going down a political uh, moral road. Right. I mean, I you know, in, from, from a big picture view, they would have been smart to not touch that um, because they had other reasons to push back against it. Mm-hmm. Why would any... The NFL is not going to want a competing league playing on Sundays at the same time that they're playing. Right. The NBA, the same way. Major League Baseball. They Say what you want about monopolies and antitrust and all that stuff. Why would they want to do that? They've sold their TV rights and sponsorships based on exclusivity. Mm-hmm. The PGA Tour has done the same thing. They have rules in place about uh, competing and conflicting events. They've never allowed it in the U.S., only overseas. Right. So they had their rules and their, you know, kind of their legacy to stand on. To go down the moral route was, was dangerous for just this very reason. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons they got criticized before, because they do business with, with companies that do business with Saudi. Look, the DP World Tour had an event that they played in Saudi, and they welcomed the PIF money until right. they didn't. Right. Uh, Interestingly, Tiger never, and I don't think Rory either, they never really went down the road of the politics. Mm -hmm. They just made it about the golf. Right. And and that was a perfectly legitimate thing to stand on. Now, of course, you know, know, it's like Monaghan is going to get it from both sides. Yeah. He's going to get it from the people who supported him in pushing back against Liv, and he's going to get it from the Liv people who now are going to are going to wonder about his motives and him trying to kill off Liv. I mean, that is still, like, very much up in the air. Like, how will Liv actually look? Mm -hmm. Like, will it even be called that? Will there be these other tournaments? Like, all of this, they very much, you know, tried to downplay it, whereas the Liv people are like, hey, business as usual. You know, we're pushing on. You know, we're still doing this. Right. who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, they poured a billion dollars into it. Why, why would they want to just completely blow it up? Yeah. And now Yasser al Rumayan, you know, has power. Yeah. You know, we don't quite know for sure how much. This is debatable, too. Yeah. But All of it's know, debatable. They're, they're putting so much money in, it makes it makes you wonder if they're going to be able to, if the tour is going to be able to thwart you know, a, a separate entity. Now, like, I would think it would be hard to play 14 tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the tour is going to want some of its players back. The, the uh, Liv is going to want tour players to be able to do both. Right. You know, so like six or eight maybe seems more doable. Um, but do they sell these franchises still? All these things they talked about. And look, how much money is going to pour into the tour events from the pit? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be sponsoring tour events? Yeah. Are you going to uh, see? Are, are you going to see the PIF Greensboro Open? I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Right. Yeah. It could be. It could be, any, it could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, and this is sort of what um, was feared. And you know, because what what's happening is 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 
okay, they're mad about it now. But in three or four or five years when the players are greatly enriched and the purses are sky high and they for even more money and these guys are making even more, you know, the idea is that this becomes normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like so much, so many things in, in our world today, uh, the, what happened immediately was very predictable and it'll last for a while. And then that's what they're banking on is that down the road, this won't, you know, there are going to be people that won't even remember that everybody felt this way because that's kind of how things work now. I, I want to ask you this, though, because I don't think it's been talked about, but it seems to me, I think the major, I kept saying, why now? That was what I kept saying at the beginning. They didn't have to do this now. I think, and a couple other people who I really respect have said, this is all about the litigation. And I don't think it's being talked about enough that all the antitrust uh, discovery, if there were a trial, even three years from now, there's so much of this tied up in that, that isn't it possible that these guys that things may have been about to be leaked or something, and they just went, all right, we got to sit down and talk so that this doesn't happen. Is that possible? I, I think I think you summarized it pretty well. There's a couple of things that he's in, in play. Um, one is the lawsuit was not going to be resolved anytime soon. Right. The trial date had been set for next January, which is, was inevitably going to be pushed back right. maybe more than once because – just last week, I thought it was interesting, the timing, although this, these talks were already ongoing, but just last week, I was thinking about it, there was, there was, there was a, some court maneuvering where the tour was trying to get um, an appeal of, that the PIF had made, had made that, they had tried to get it thrown out. And so the court ruled, no, it won't be thrown out. Right. That means they would hear the appeal. Yeah. So that means that this just, you know, okay, that's just one little aspect of it. Right. And then it just keeps getting pushed along. The, the, the billable hours keep going. Hello. The tour, <laughs> the tour does not have unlimited funds. Right. And so there was that. There was the discovery part that you mentioned. You wonder what's in there that perhaps they were fearful of coming out. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, uh, Yasser did not want to be deposed. Like, they had, they had reasons to try to get this thing resolved, too. Right. So that's the interesting thing, is, is the PIF was, was losing a lot of the court battles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the tour might have won the battle and lost the war. Yeah. Like, if they won the battle but, like, spent all this money, and then all this stuff comes out, and mm-hmm. the DOJ gets involved, right. they didn't want that. Right. And then, look, there's the, there's the, there is the reality now. I'm, I'm actually trying to work on something about this, but... I think what with these designated events, which I happen to think are a good idea, bring the top players together more often. It's something that the game is called for. Right. I've I've been a proponent of the top guys getting paid more. I mm-hmm. think that this is this is what led to all this. They've had it in their heads for six eight years. You know the the, the rival concepts have been have going to the top players and agents and saying. Why are you playing for free? Right. You're worth more than that. And yeah. so that has been ingrained. And so the tour came back, Rory, Tiger got involved, but they rushed it. They kind of had to. They were trying to stave off live. 
And, you know, I'm not sure they had all their ducks in a row. Yeah. Because it's costing a lot of money. Right. The, uh, the, the Wells Fargo tournament is the best example I can give you, the one in Charlotte. It's always been a good tournament. It gets a good field. It's now two weeks before the PGA. They decided to be a designated event. That meant their purse went from $8 million to $20 million. Mm-hmm. Now, a typical sponsorship for an $8 million tournament is in the 13 to $14 million range. Just for the $8 million tournament. Wow. So now you've got a disparity of $12 million you've got to make up. The tour was helping subsidize that this year. So let's say they took up half of it. So now Wells Fargo's on the hook for another $6 million, so their investment goes from 13 or 14 to 19 or 20 Well, what we've just recently learned is that the tour was putting this all on the titles next year. Mm. So now... Well, oh, Fargo goes from thirteen or fourteen to twenty-six million, right? And and to get a field that's maybe a little better than they had, they had a good tournament, they had good TV ratings. Yeah, they're like, what are we paying for? And I think there's been some pushback. Yeah, well, and so the tour's looking at this and going, what do we do? Yeah, I mean that uh, that's so perfect because it explains a lot. And uh, obviously, I mean, we're out of time, and I hate that, but. Uh, there is so much we don't know, obviously, that's going to be happening. I just, I would like to to just take next week and just talk about the U.S. Open. You know, there's like a big golf tournament coming up. And yes, sir. <laughs> that would be really good. Bob, you know I say this every time, how much uh, respect I have for you and how grateful I am that you spend time with me whenever you do. You're just the best. And uh I promise you I'm going to be calling on you again soon as we get through this. And have a great time in L.A. I wish I was going out there with you. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Okay. Have All a right, great one. Bob. You too. Bye. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Commonwealth Credit Union. Welcome back. Uh, boy, this resoundingly, I kidded around uh, before. I was kidding around with somebody and saying, yeah, I don't care about this live golf piff PGA Tour stuff. Yeah, there's more important things going on. But I cannot, since it was announced, this has been driving me insane. So I thought I need to talk to somebody who is way smarter than me. I think where golf is concerned. I don't know about anything else. But where golf is concerned, I need to go to my guy and see if he can talk me off the ledge maybe or whatever. And that guy is Ryan Balangy of golf news net. So he's kind enough to join me and uh, explain things to me. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> hey, Matt, how are you? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm okay. I'm good. I mean, let's, uh, uh, where do we even start? Where were you? What were you doing when this announcement was made? Uh, I just finished recording uh, a daily podcast that I do called Two Off the First. Yeah. And I just finished talking about Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler struggling and <laughs> golf's longest day results. And then I started getting text messages uh, asking if I would, what I thought about the news or if I'd be on a radio show, a yeah. whole bunch of them. Yeah. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then, um, then I found out. And obviously... The, the world has changed. Yeah, that's that's the exact right phrase for it. And as I have said numerous times now, but I haven't said to you, 
I was doing my daily show, and a friend of mine who always kids around texts me with crap texted me. Uh, Jimmy and I had been doing our show for 10 minutes, and he texted me, what do you think of the PGA Tour Live Golf merger? And I sent him back some F-bombs and told him to leave me alone. I was on the air. And then then I started getting texts and saw that this had indeed happened. Uh, now we've had, you know, not that long, but a little bit of time for it to kind of whirl in our brains. I know that I am still, as I was when I first heard it, very angry. That's my overriding emotion, very angry at how it developed, how it was announced, and the amount of anger I feel towards Jay Monahan is limitless, I would say. Um, how do you feel about all this in general? It sucks. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the great overarching feeling about all this. It absolutely sucks. Yeah. It sucks because Jay Monahan got played. He failed at every turn. And now he's going to have to talk out of both sides of his mouth while he puts his arm around the governor of the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. Right. Yeah. And that, to me, is intensely frustrating. It it, it just is not, it's not great. Yeah. And even if you want to look at the, the benefits from a pure professional golf perspective to potentially have the guys that went to live coming back and playing under the same tour. Okay. I guess that yeah, that is an upgrade to the product, mm-hmm. but ultimately nothing is going to change to make it better for a golf fan to enjoy the sport. If you have moral issues with, Saudi Arabia, and I think a lot of people do, mm-hmm. then you as a fan are going to, you're embroiled in that all of a sudden. Right. Right. Through no choice of your own. And will be. And will and continue will be, to be. And will continue to be. Right. So, you know, if you were so objected to live because of the source of financing, do you all of a sudden compromise your belief and embrace that that investment in the PGA Tour product because the PGA Tour has more seats on the board and they're the majority stakeholder or whatever this new company looks like. I, I think that's kind of hard for people to swallow. Yeah. I know it's hard for me to swallow. I can tell you that. Um, and I don't think that's a secret. My That was my initial... Actually, I'll tell you what my initial reaction when I saw the first text that it was true was about Rory. It was about Mm -hmm. Rory and uh, all the guys that stayed with the tour, John Rahm and Jordan and JT, and all of those guys, especially Rory, and we'll talk in a minute because he has come out and made a statement and we were all waiting for that. Um, But that was my first immediate thought. And then I thought, Okay, so let me get this straight. So Brooks, I don't have a problem with Brooks, by the way. I never have because he never, ever espoused anything about live golf other than he didn't know if he'd ever play golf again, and they offered him whatever it was, $200 million. I never had a problem with him. But 
I thought, well, let me get this straight. So Brooks takes a couple hundred million, and Rory and those guys don't. And we know they have a lot of money anyway. That's not the point. And now those guys are going to be able to come back, play on in all the events if they want to, and keep that money. And Rory and JT and, and Ricky Fowler and Jordan, none of those guys get anything. Is that right? That was my first thought. That was my one of my first thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than a whole lot of curse words. Yeah, me too. Monaghan. Yeah. You uh, could. It's a good thing I was on the air. That's all I'll say. About I, I said the F word a whole lot more than I typically do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for the guys that stuck their necks and chests out and put their voice to defending the PGA Tour and remaining loyal to the concept, and mm-hmm. frankly, when it comes down to not taking the Saudi money, they turned down collectively a couple billion dollars. Right. right. And all in the defense of what will now be basically the Saudi-backed PGA Tour. Yeah. Saudi and, Arabia owns golf now, worldwide. Yeah. I mean, and, and do not think it stops here, because right. they can go right to the LPGA and say, come on in, we're, we're happy to fund that too. Right. And I would imagine that that is not too far in the offing. Yeah. And that ultimately, none of the people who were loyal to the existing infrastructure will get paid. That's seemingly true. But part of me wonders whether the superstars that stayed will get some kind of private smoothing out payment. Well, I I hope so. I hope they do. I think it should, and I think it should be public. And on top of that, I think the top guys should get the most money. But I said this when it happened. I think that every member of the PGA Tour should get paid something now. Everybody that has a PGA Tour card, everyone. That's how deep I think this hypocrisy goes for all of them. I want to I want to throw something out at you because I don't think this is being talked about nearly enough and maybe it will in the next few days. But to me, most of this, and I have no, I haven't read anything about it, but the way that I'm thinking, most of this, everybody is saying, including me, why now? Where, how did this happen? And the poor RBC Canadian Open, uh, which got messed up last year too, is now no. It's like that isn't even happening <laughs> now. Right. But why now? Like this didn't have to happen now. It could they could have waited till after this season. Nothing's changing apparently till next season. I'll tell you why it happened right now, and it's because of the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, there are things that the PIF, the Saudis, and the PGA Tour had to do to settle this lawsuit and make it go away before they needed to do discovery in an anti uh, in a trial for this. That is my I firmly believe this because neither of them wanted that that discovery process. Yeah, and, and I, I and I tweeted about it yesterday. Yeah. Neither side wanted to go farther in this lawsuit, right? Because if they go further. 
we learn about the investments the Saudis make and how their money works and what they've got and where it is and who's embroiled in it. And they didn't want that. Right. PGA Tour didn't want their books opened up, didn't want it revealed, how much money goes to the players, how the charitable system of giving right. works. Right. And that's very complicated. Yeah. And by the way, maybe a little untoward, who knows how that would look in court. And then the PGA Tour didn't want to continue paying legal fees in a lawsuit that could was not going to end this year or next year right. or 2025. Right. It was a three, five, seven-year lawsuit. Yeah. And the lawyers that they're paying ain't cheap. And the Saudis can continue to pay theirs in Forever. perpetuity. Right. Because they don't care. Right. And so this entire thing was a ruse. Live golf was a means to an end, apparently. I I, and, I would agree, and that means to an end was to play a game of chicken with the PGA Tour, and Jay Monahan blinked, backed himself into a corner with poor decision making at nearly every turn. Yeah, and left himself to a point where he had effectively no choice but to either bankrupt the PGA Tour in a lawsuit. Mm-hmm lose sponsors galore and, and trying to compete with Saudi money or give up and take their partnership, which is exactly what the Saudis wanted in the first place. Right. And uh, we only have a couple minutes left, but at some point I will get, we will get into more. Who, who were the guys involved in this decision? Because uh, it's so transparent when you look at it, who is going to be on the board of directors? of this new single entity of the golf umbrella. Uh, uh, there's a guy that is sitting on that board who, oh, by the way, his law firm is involved in this litigation. Uh, he's one of the main characters of this. Uh, also, Jimmy Dunn, who people love, they, and his love of the game, they all say, has been apparent his whole life. But he's also involved in this decision, and there he is doing all of these things. And And here's the other thing, Ryan, that really gets me, and it just came into my mind. They still are talking about growing the game. They still are talking about the benefits to the game of golf. It's, un- it's unbelievable. It's why I hate Phil Mickelson. Who now everybody's Phil one BS. That's all I'll say. This is an awesome day. This Phil was right. Blah, 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 blah. All that stuff. This is not about growing the game. I don't care what they say. So I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would love to bury the phrase, and I've said this so many times over the years. Oh, Hopefully, yeah. this is the RIP yeah. to the phrase growing the game. Right. The phrase growing the game was never about growing the game. It was never some altruism for you and me and bringing in more people to recreational golf. The phrase growing the game meant expanding the amount of money in my pocket. Right. Not golf pocket, not making it better for everybody. No, that's what it's always been about. That's what it will always be about. Right. And so every time you hear the phrase growing the game, it just means I want to get richer. Yeah. And that's the end of it. And this has definitely been the death knell for that concept. Oh boy. All right. Well, as this unfolds, uh, I'm so glad I have you to talk to, and I'll be uh, talking to you again soon. 
about this because uh, we're just getting started here. Ugh, I so just wanted to, like, next week, just watch the U.S. Open. I mean, anyway, this is going to be hell. You and I should just get on the phone and have a couple of bourbons while we're talking and have some fun because this is... <laughs> That's about what I did last night. That a boy. I'm not not a driven to drink kind of guy. Me either, but I drank a few. All right. Well, good. All right. Well, thanks as always, man. I love you. I'll talk to you real soon. Love you too. Thanks, man. Okay. See ya. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by French Lick Resort Casino. Welcome back. it's really amazing how how things work out, uh, especially when you're doing live radio or any kind of radio show. And sometimes you think, I can't wait to have a conversation with someone. And then the world blows up, and uh, but you still get to have a conversation with one of the absolute very best in our business. Beth Ann Nichols of Golf Week, who I haven't spoken to in a while, and it's it killed me. It just killed me. And now I get to speak with her, one of my favorite people in the world. Hi, Beth Ann. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, it's uh, not a lot going on in this game right now. <laughs> yeah. No, no, there's, there's nothing going on. Uh, you know, the funny thing is I couldn't, and we will talk about this, but I couldn't wait to talk to you about Rose because of all the people covering golf. You're the one I wanted to talk to about what happened with Rosang and the whole thing about that experience at Liberty uh, National last week. And then all of a sudden, the bomb drops yesterday. And I'm going, okay, well, I guess Beth Ann and I will talk about something else maybe for a couple of minutes because I do want. <laughs> I do want to talk about Rose because we haven't seen anything like this in a long time in women's golf. But uh, let's just get it out of the way. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, on your great Twitter feed at Golf Week Nichols N I C H O L S. I went back this morning through your timeline, and it's very funny to be looking at. What's on all of our timelines when this announcement was made yesterday and what happened before that, an hour before that? Um, just give me your your general thoughts on what happened yesterday. Well, I mean, I, I woke up in the morning and I, my, main, my main concern was why Rose Zhang wasn't getting Rookie of the Year and Player of the Year <laughs> yeah. points. <laughs> yep. victory. And uh and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what? I, I think I do believe my exact quote was holy smokes. I mean, of course I thought it was is this a prank? You know, yes. and then I checked on Twitter and then I checked my email and I see, you know, no, this is legit from PJ Tour Communications. Like, you know, and, and then it's just like, what? How did this happen so quickly? I think I think that's you know, everybody I think assumed at some point Something you know, some kind happen. of deal would happen, right? But yeah. but nobody expected it to happen this quickly, and certainly with so few people seemingly knowing about it. Mm-hmm. The fact that everyone and anyone and everyone felt blindsided by this, I, I think, is uh, is remarkable in this day and age when it's so hard to keep any kind of secret. 
Yeah. Uh, the fact that there were just a handful of people, you know, changing changing golf forever, it seems, in a room over a course of seven weeks, uh, you know, is is kind of mind blowing, you know. And and Rory McIlroy, gosh, you kind of party. It kind of feels for him the most. A bit, oh, all of all me feels for him. Yes. <laughs> all. Of I mean, me. it's just, it's just. Uh, ah, I mean, and 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 kudos to him for you know. Facing the media and 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 really doing a, a I, I thought a fabulous job, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in addressing everything. But I, Jay Monahan has a lot of people angry with him today. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to one of them. I can tell you that. Um, and it it's funny because I was doing my daily show, which starts at ten and goes till noon, uh, when the day of this announcement and I have a friend who's does all the prop bets in Las Vegas and he's on with us every week and he's very funny and always gives me a lot of crap and we laugh, (laughs) we laugh about it. And at 10 after 10 that day, Raphael tweeted me and said, what do you think about the PGA tour live merger? And I thought he was doing what he always does with me, which is give me crap. And I texted him back a few F-bombs and, you know, because that's who I am. And then he said, I'm not kidding. And I looked at Jimmy and I looked, my producer looked on the phone and sure enough, there it was. And this, for all of us, let me ask you this, because um, nobody covers the LPGA, amateur golf, and other things as well as you do. Nobody. What, we don't know so much about any of this, but... You did you have thoughts right away about what this would mean for the LPGA? I, I mean, my my immediate thought was, well, they've just normalized it now, and if if yeah. if the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour and the Asian Tour, you know, they're they're all in this, you know, they're calling it, you know, this global golf entity, right? right? They're basically going to put golf under one umbrella, then right. then it just seems like it's only a matter of time before you know, the women are, are brought into the fold. And, and Jay Monahan did mention, you know, the amount, you know, all the opportunities for growth. And he mentioned women's golf in his CNBC interview. And, and of course, the LET is already heavily involved right. with the PIF and, and have a lot of money going into their purses. So, you know, in a, in a way, you know, they started with women's golf, really, right? Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yep. in, in Europe. So, I it just seems like it's inevitable. And now, you know, there are a lot of concerns Would would LGA, you know, sponsors walk away. If, if the LPGA did a deal with live, you know, mm-hmm. did a deal with Piff. what, what would that look like? You know, as, as a whole for the, for the rest of the schedule, right. Uh, you know, and, and so now if they fall into this umbrella, you know, those kind of questions disappear. And, and also I feel like LPGA players, uh, most LPGA stars, the vast majority, have no problem going to play for PIF money. Right. You, you know, right. Nelly, Lexi, Lydia, they've all won mm-hmm. events backed by the PIF already. Yeah. So, um, you know, because, you know, of course, people are going to bring up the moral questions. And there are some players on tour that have concerns about it, but not the majority. The right. majority are just interested in playing for more money. So, yeah. yeah. But on the, the flip side of that, somebody said to me, well, now the LPGA has an opportunity to, to really distinguish itself as the alternative 
to piss money and and people might be banging down their door looking to looking to partner with them because mm-hmm. because they're not they're not partners with the Saudis. Right. And, and boy, wouldn't that be a first? Boy, <laughs> boy. and you bang know, on the door. Yeah, <laughs> and and here's the thing with the way everything in the world seems to have been going which is upside down from everything we've known for most of our lives, it wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened. I mean, you know, ultimately, but here's in relation to that. Boy, I'm so good. This is a good segue here. Not that I like to pat myself on my, on the back, (laughs) but, but what the, that would, this would be the perfect time for that because of Rose. Now Mm. I, I, I have, I've, um, I'm way, way old. I've been watching all golf for a very long time. I guess the last time we've seen anything even remotely like this was when Michelle Wee was a teenager, right? And came out uh, and played on the LPGA Tour. Would you say that's the last time? I'm not even sure it was like this. This was unlike, I think in one of the columns that things that I read that you wrote, about you know people in airports saying, "Did you watch golf today?" and people responding, "I watched the women's golf." I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. I didn't want. I could tell you, I did not watch the PGA except switching for a few minutes. I watched all of Sunday, all of uh, the final round at Liberty, all of it. Well, you know. I- the reason it, it's it, yes to answer your first question. This is the the biggest potential needle mover the LPGA has had since Michelle Wee. No mm-hmm. question about that. Okay. The biggest difference between Michelle and Rose, of course, is that Michelle was contending as as a teenager on in LPGA majors and, and playing against men, trying to qualify for men's majors. Right. She was doing all these unusually extraordinary things, the six foot tall phenom who hits the ball a mile. Mm-hmm. You know, she was, she was a real head turner. Right. And Rose is not that. She's yeah. not a person that you're walking down the range and you're, everybody's like, Oh my gosh, who is that? Yeah. You know, like, right. like, like, like you would with Michelle, but she has this, this record that's more tiger like, yes. right. In yes. terms of, in terms of dominating and winning, winning everything, sometimes multiple times, you know, as an amateur and, and, and her, you know, obviously she's won more, you know, than Tiger at Stanford. She's won 10 of her last stroke play events, which includes the Augusta National Women's Amateur. And of course her LPGA did debut yeah. at the Mizuho as a professional. So I think, I think when you look at, you know, Rose Zhang as a winner, she reminds us so much of, of a Tiger Woods or yeah. of a Nancy Lopez, mm. which is, which is different to, to Michelle Wee coming out. And right. so, um, you know, but the potential is this, it's this, it's the same kind of, kind of buzz and excitement, but for different reasons. Yeah. So, um, you just feel like she's this well-rounded player who is, who is ready for this. She has such an extraordinary perspective and mature outlook and head her head is so impressive. I don't and get it. Beth Ann. I don't get it. I'm 97 years old and I'm not as mature <laughs> as she is. I know it's it's, it's truly <laughs> remarkable. I mean, she she's just so humble too that you Ugh. that you just you you you're drawn to her, right? Yeah. There's yeah. a magneticism to her that's different than Michelle, but it's but it's you're still drawn to her, but yeah. for different reasons. Uh, everything about it, 
Sunday was incredible. The playoff hurt the way – I mean, she didn't make a birdie for the whole round. You kept going, how is she doing this? She's just unflappable, calm, uh, no matter what's going on inside. And the best part is she was as excited to be with – and what a great first event to have because of all the amateurs that were there playing in the same event. Mm-hmm. And she was as happy to be surrounded by them – after she won, as anything, uh, it's a she's too good to be true, Beth. Uh, she's just too good to be true. <laughs> oh, I know the the junior the juniors idolize her. They love it, and she takes that platform and that responsibility right. very seriously. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Now, before I let you go, so what, you mentioned it for a minute before. Explain to my listeners about. There were all these questions after it happened. Can is she on the tour? Yes, she is. She accepted membership. Can she be rookie of the year? Will she be on the Solheim Cup team? Well, ba 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 ba. What should we know about her going forward? Yes, she is. A, she is an LPGA member. Her next two starts will be major championships. She'll play in the KPMG Women's PGA at Baltusrol. Yeah, followed by the US Women's Open at Pebble Beach. So that's massive. Two pretty good uh, golf courses, by the way. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, and she she's eligible to play on the Solheim Cup team now because she is a member. Right. But strangely enough, so uh, the LPGA changed a rule a couple of years ago after Sophia Popov won the AIG Women's uh-huh. Open as as a non-member, that that the points were retroactive that, that you essentially um, get for CME to qualify for the Tour Championship and keep your card. Those points for winning are now retroactive. So Rose gets her CME points, but she does not get points toward the Solheim Cup or points toward Rookie of the Year or no. points toward Player of the Year, which I, I, I don't understand, and I've reached out to the LPGA and, and have not heard back from them um, despite multiple attempts. Uh, so I'm going to keep at them because I, it doesn't make sense yeah. to me why you wouldn't just get all the points retroactively. Right. It's a big um, deal. It is because you, you'd hate to think that Rose Zhang could be rookie of the year at the end of the year, but somebody will clip her because her points from Mizuho don't count. Right. You know, or, yeah. or, or same thing for player of the year. It's right. too important. Right. Uh, uh, okay. I know how much power you wield in the golf community, but I'm just telling you, let me know if you still haven't heard back, say, in a couple days, and I'll send somebody over to the LPGA offices because <laughs> I know people. I'm, I'm not going to say any more than that. I know people, okay? <laughs> well, I said, I said I hope the silence means you're, you're working on things to get. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, you're the best, Beth Ann. It's so great to hear your voice. And by the way, Keep tell them at Golf Channel to keep having you on. It's so great to see you all doing all these um, st- all these things on TV. It's just great, and you know what how I feel about you. Thanks for well, talking. Thank to me. you, thank you. It's always a pleasure, and and it'll be. Hey, we don't have any dull moments in golf anymore, so no. it'll be interesting to see how everything unfolds this summer. Okay, <laughs> well, hopefully, I get to talk to you again soon. Bye, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Bye, thanks, Beth. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, what a show. What a week in the world of golf. Can we please this week just talk about the U.S. Open? Please. I guess, Sean, we can. It's our show. Okay. I'm going to try to do that, but thanks to 
just great guests, Bob Harrig and Ryan Ballinger and Beth Ann Nichols. And we'll be back next week, U.S. Open. You know what that means, Sean. Yeah, he does. Anyway, uh, thanks, as always, to our incredible partners, Commonwealth Credit Union, Georgetown Advantage Air, Edwin Watts, French Lick Resort, Gearheads of Nicholasville, Maple Leaf Roofing Systems, Wowing Central Kentucky, one roof at a time, and of course, Lexington Parks and Rec and Critter Control, Truly Nolan, all of them. We couldn't do the show without them. Have a great week. We'll be back next Sunday. It's ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Lexington Parks and Recreation. 